Hello and welcome to the Sail Loot Podcast, where we share our adventures of the sea and help to achieve that cruising life that sets us free. I'm Teddy J, and this is Podcast Episode 5. Welcome back to the Sail Loot Podcast. This is Teddy, and it's a little bit different this time, just due to the fact that uh, today it is just going to be me. Uh, I don't know if you have gone and listened to episode 000, or what I call episode 000, but it's basically the intro episode where I go through and basically explain what I would... I'm hoping to get or hoping to do with the Sail Loot podcast and uh, the Sail Loot website. And one of the things that I said I would probably do with the podcast anyway is include some things uh, where I maybe have an audio blog. It might be easier for some people to listen to some of these things. I don't know if you want to listen to some of these things or not. Uh, go ahead and tell me. Uh, as always, I will have the interviews every other week, no matter what. But the other weeks in between, I might have a few episodes uh, that, um, you know, are kind of just audio blog type things where I read some of the stories uh, that I have on the website or I talk about some of the things that I uh, write and publish uh, on the website um, about uh, you know, uh, websites and businesses and trying to find your sail loot and how to do it. Um, some of them might be my stories and my sailing stories. Some of them might be things like today. Well, where today I'm going to basically talk about, it's kind of a follow-up anyway, to the interview from last week with Tasha. And um, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm just going to get right into it, I think, because... I kind of have written out what I have to say, and you can find all of this over at sailloot.com, episode 005, of course. So, um, let me just get into it. And, and, and to follow up with that interview, it's, you know, it was just, just kind of funny. I released the podcast where I interview Tasha Hacker, and we talk all about how she and Ryan started their teaching house business by building a website. I finished the editing and the show notes, and I hit the schedule button, and it was scheduled and published at 12.38 on the 13th of November, 2014. Uh, That was Thursday, where I am, anyway. Well, that morning, before it was actually released, you, you know, with WordPress, you can schedule something to be released, and it will be published on that day, so... I scheduled it to be released on that day. I didn't want to release it late on Wednesday night. I always release them around 12.30, 12.40 on Thursday. Release those interviews anyway. Uh, that's kind of how I do it. Try and keep on a regular schedule. So I get up and I'm going to work on Thursday morning. And at about 5 a.m., I'm driving an hour to my job. And I start listening to the audio version of Live on the Margin by Nick O'Kelly and Patrick Schulte 
Uh, now, Patrick is from Bumfuzzle. Uh, a lot of you probably know who he is. A lot, of, a lot of you have probably seen the book, Live on the Margin. Well, I got most of the way through what Audible says is Chapter 4, and it is titled The New American Dream, Passive Income. Of course, just about everything in this chapter goes against the words that I spit out of my mouth in Salute Episode 4 about building a website and getting your business or blog started. Here are some quotes from that chapter. Technology has democratized entrepreneurship. There is literally nothing keeping someone with a great idea from turning it into millions of dollars. Well, nothing except the great idea part. After all, who doesn't need a dog girdle, gluten-free bagel, diamond-studded welding goggles, edible business cards, or pizza-flavored dental floss? Every random busboy, doctor, and surfer has an idea for a reality show, a book, screenplay, product, or service that promises to set them up with a nice stream of income so that they don't have to actually work for a living ever again. And what then? After they make that cool $10 million, go off and do what they really want to do in the first place, like travel around the world or raise wire-haired fainting goats in the Andes Mountains? Uh, that was the first quote, uh, and here is the other quote that I'd like to share. And they might have been back-to-back -back paragraphs, I don't know. Anyway, here's the next quote that I wanted to share. Why don't they take the chance and make the leap? It doesn't matter how good the idea is, creating something new, disruptive, novel, innovative, or brilliant is difficult. It's risky. It's stressful. It's time-consuming. It's expensive. Sometimes it's boring, and it doesn't pay off most of the time. Most decide it just isn't worth it. Of those who do muster the courage to try, only a very tiny fraction actually succeed in creating something of enduring value which produces passive income. Even then, a life of leisure comes only after years or sometimes decades of 80 to 100 hour weeks. Let's face it, it's a long shot and there are no overnight successes. Nick can tell you from first-hand experience that starting his first company, which he eventually sold, was only marginally worth it financially, and in no way did it ever come close to passive income. He gave 100% for over two years, and while it was a great experience, he could have made about the same amount of money by staying at his job in television. Even with the chance for success and a life of passive income pegged somewhere near absolute zero for most people, why do the entrepreneurs continue to dream of making it big with fingerless surgical gloves or some other brilliant idea? Because working for a living just plain sucks to some extent. Maybe not all the time and certainly not for everyone, but at the very least it sucks sometimes. It just does. Unreasonable bosses or customers, short vacations, long hours, being underpaid, and overworked. It can feel like indentured servitude. Not for everyone, but for some people. Okay, so those were the couple quotes that I wanted to share. And as I listened to that on my way into work, I said, holy cow, I just told a whole bunch of people to go ahead and build a website and start their business and, and everything else. But... Let me uh, set a few things straight here. And first of all, what I would like to say is this book is amazing. And I actually agree with a lot of the things that they say here. 
uh, in a little bit different way, but but I do agree. Uh, and and here's kind of how, and, and let me explain a little bit. So second, I don't believe that I've used the words passive income anywhere on sale loot yet. Tasha and Ryan are certainly not earning income passively with Teaching House. It's pretty easy and can be fairly inexpensive to get a website up and running, but it can also take some time to start a business. Tasha and Ryan put in some long, hard hours building their website, learning about entrepreneurship, finding places to teach their classes, and finding all of the deals on books and resources that they possibly could. They are still putting in their time and working to make Teaching House better every day. They just got back from spending several months in New York working on Teaching House. But they also find ways that they can run the business as long as they have an internet connection. They can take a few months here and there and go cruising in the Caribbean. They have set up a lifestyle that allows them to work from wherever they want to work, but head home to headquarters when they're needed. That is not passive income. It is active income, but on their terms. In fact, I just saw a Facebook post where Tasha said she went back to New York to to help with teaching house for something, which means that they were down in the Dominican Republic and maybe it seemed like it was for only a week. It might have been a little longer than that. But they were down in the Dominican Republic for a little while and then all of a sudden Tasha went back to New York. So she had to get a flight back to New York in order to go back and take care of something. Yes, she still has active work to do. It is not necessarily passive for her and Ryan at all. I'm also skeptical about if any income is actually passive. Do you think Tim Ferriss actually works a quote-unquote four-hour work week? I mean, he did write the book on it, but he'll probably be the first to tell you that he himself works well over four hours a week. He has other books that he has written and published and are out there about like the four-hour body and the four-hour chef. He has his blog that he keeps up with. He has a podcast as well. He's answering emails and, and he probably has help doing that like he explains in his book. He probably has some sort of assistant that helps him. But I can guarantee you that he works more than four hours a week and he'll probably tell you the same thing. Uh, there are some things out there that you could do to get a little bit of passive income. You could set up a website and put some, you know, Google AdSense on there and hope for people to click on that stuff. And it usually takes a whole lot of work to get that site ranking in the top of Google in order for people to check out that site and then click on those links in order to get you a little bit of money. It's usually a whole lot of work for not a lot of income, but it is passive income. It's just very little passive income. It probably won't help you get your sale loot or your selling money um, and fill the cruising kitty. As, let's say, Jamie and Bean said, it might give you a little bit of beer money for something. Um, also, most of the big shots that are making a lot of money in the blogging, podcasting, online online advertising, writing, and affiliate marketing world are working their butts off. It takes constant publication of great content to earn a large income in those ways. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to create that content. And now sometimes maybe people are paying other ghostwriters or things like that to write their content, but it even takes a lot of time to manage those people and find those creators. 
So no matter what, I don't think there is actually a whole lot of passive income that can actually, uh, let's say, become a business that is a viable business to support your everyday uh, cruising habits and a cruising lifestyle or maybe even a travel lifestyle. Um, You might be able to do some work. I, I actually think that it's work and you can go live somewhere else and do this work and that's what's great. You might have to do it less than you might not work 40 hours a week in order to get enough money and it's just a little bit of money in order to uh, fill your cruising kitty or fill your travel kitty, I should say, or whatever it is that you're looking to um, get that money for. Uh, but usually... It's still just a lot of work in order to in order to do that. So third, don't think for a second that I'm trying to say that, oh, you can just build a website, say the right things, and all of a sudden people will start paying you. There's no risk at all, and you can make tons of money. That's not at all what I'm advocating. As Tasha said, only 2% of small businesses make it past the third year, so we had a big party in year three. I just did a quick check uh, and a quick search and found an article from Forbes.com titled Five Reasons Eight Out of Ten Businesses Fail. It states that according to Bloomberg, eight out of ten entrepreneurs who start businesses fail within the first 18 months. There is risk involved. However, if you think that you have a great idea, you love that niche, and you think that working with that idea and the people you'll get to meet and talk to sounds like fun to you, then there is a very low financial risk of putting together a website, a free Facebook page, and a free Twitter account to test that idea and figure out if it's a viable business opportunity. I suggest you go and do those things to test that idea before actually risking your life savings. There are a way to test your ideas before you actually have a physical product out there. If you listened to the interview with Tasha, uh, you might realize that they got deposits. Before anybody showed up for a class, somebody clicked the button to send them a deposit. And then maybe that could they could use that deposit money in order to help pay for the rental space, the rental conference space that they were using. So let's say they just built the website and that's all they did and they put it out there and nobody clicked that deposit button. Well, they wouldn't have anybody paying to come to their classes and then they wouldn't have to pay the conference fee to rent the conference space in order to hold the classes. So there are a few things that you can do in order to test your idea before you actually start that business and actually go full force with everything that you're doing. Um, there is risk in everything and there is risk that those ideas can fail and they don't work. And in fact, even Pat and Nick state that, quote, trading is legalized gambling. It's not kind of like gambling. It absolutely positively is gambling. So let's talk about the cost of building a website real quick. So what is the risk of building a website? Is it the costs? Is it the time and the effort? Is it the fact that it might fail? Uh, 
If you go to the show notes over at sailloot.com forward slash episode 005, you can see a snapshot of a spreadsheet that I put together. And I put it together a little while ago. Um, so a little bit of disclaimer here is the fact that the numbers that are shown in that um, spreadsheet were the, are the prices that I've paid or the prices that were available when I signed up for Bluehost in 2012. Every once in a while, Bluehost changes their terms and conditions. They changed their pricing. They changed their. Um, they have different plans out there now. There's one plan that's cheaper than the, than the plan that I talk about. It may not have a few of the things that I have, or um, you know, it may not include a few of the services. There's one plan that's a little more expensive. I think it's six ninety five a month instead of four ninety five a month. And it has everything and maybe even more of the services than I uh, had signed up for. So I highly recommend that you check into all of the details of their pricing plans before uh, signing up for one. But what I'm about to get into right now is um, what it was for me back then. And it's not really that much different. It can actually be cheaper or a little more expensive. So it just depends on the pricing plan that you choose. But... I think you'll see what I'm talking about after I go through here about how astonishingly, astonishingly cheap it is to actually have a website hosted. So what the spreadsheet shows is that web hosting and domain name registration was about $239.11 for three full years. Now this includes renewing the domain name registration every year. Uh, when I signed up for Bluehost, it was the, I got a free URL and domain or domain name registration for the first year, and then after that, it was anywhere from ten to twenty dollars, depending on the year. The second year it was a little more expensive. Then after that, it was a little more expensive than that. I also, in, in with my domain name registration, uh, I also paid for domain name private privacy protection and the renewal fees are in there for that i believe those were both about 10 to 11 dollars for every year so that's how the total for everything kind of came out to be 239 dollars and 11 cents just the hosting was cheaper than that um, but you have to renew your domain name every year because they don't even they don't have something uh, that allows you to purchase your domain name for more than a year so um and when I signed up, the price was cheaper if I paid for three full years of hosting. However, there are no contracts, and if I wanted to quit, then I could have gotten all of my prorated money back. So, uh, as I said, they have updated their plans, but as let's, let's just go for an example here. Uh, let's say that for hosting, and just hosting alone, I'm not talking about domain name registration here, that I paid $178.20 for the three years of hosting right up front. I put my credit card in. I saw a charge for $178.20 for three years worth of, of hosting. That's $4.95 per month for the hosting. So let's uh, say that then you try blogging or you try to find interest in your business idea for about 12 months. You decide that you don't like it and you quit. I 
sort of did that. I mean, I've got a website out there still about aquariums and home aquariums. And in the end, I just didn't like talking about aquariums all the time. It ended up that as much as I like fish and the underwater stuff, I'd rather scuba dive and not necessarily take care of the fish or, you know, set up an aquarium or anything like that. So, I decided I that then I also didn't want to take pictures of it and talk about it all the time. So what could I do? Well, what I could have done is I could have called Bluehost to cancel my hosting after that year. And what happens when you call Bluehost to cancel uh, your hosting is that they give you or they would have given me two years worth of my money back. That would have been a refund of $118.80. And what I would have paid to Blue to Bluehost would have only been fifty nine dollars and forty cents. So for a year of having a website, I missed out on, or, or I paid them fifty nine dollars and forty cents. Can you afford about sixty dollars to have a website for a year and to see if anybody is interested in your business idea? I don't think that it's that risky to go ahead and put a website out there. Yes, you put forth a lot of effort and it does take a lot of time. But the risk involved is sort of just losing that time. In that time, I also came across some great people that I'm still friends with. With Sale Loot, I'm paying for these things. I'm paying for the hosting. I'm paying to have the podcasts put up on Libsyn. Yeah, I haven't gotten into any of that. But anyway, but I'm paying those things. I'm not really worried about getting paid back because it is so much fun to talk to everybody out there, to learn what I'm learning, and to share these things with everybody, that I'm not that worried about it. In the end, it's 60 bucks. It's 60 bucks to have a good time. It's 60 bucks to look into the things I'm looking into anyway. So it doesn't really matter. The risk to me is there is no really risk so you may decide it's honestly it's less than a pair of shoes in most places anyway so you made there are a few other things that i built into um the total overall price on this spreadsheet uh so let's get back to the spreadsheet um i had a few premium wordpress themes in fact i paid for three premium wordpress themes because you know to try them out see what's different to whatever so you may decide that you only need one premium WordPress theme, or you may decide that you actually don't need any premium WordPress themes, and you can deal with one of the free ones. Um, the premium WordPress themes do help, but that's an entirely different topic that I'll get into at a later time. Those premium WordPress themes are about fifty to sixty dollars a piece. So you know, in, in the spreadsheet, it shows that they are fifty-seven dollars. So you've now spent either zero to fifty-seven dollars on one word on one pre- premium WordPress theme, and that's two hundred and thirty-two dollars and fifty cents total for three years of hosting and that premium WordPress theme. Let's say you want an email list management service. I went ahead and paid for Aweber. Uh, it has all of Aweber has all of the bells and whistles and is the only email management service you will ever need. Uh, I paid or I believe and I believe it's still uh, I need to look at this but that it's $193.80 every year. Yeah, this is pretty expensive, 
but it's also the best and most powerful email list management service out there. MailChimp, however, is free until you reach a certain number of email list subscribers or send a certain number of emails. Now, I don't necessarily recommend MailChimp here, but that's only because I've never used it. Um, It might work just fine for you for a little while. Uh, I just don't know because uh, I don't use them. Um, So I don't recommend using things that I haven't tried. But if you use MailChimp, you're still at a total of $232.50 for your first three years. Now, the last thing that I have on this transcript or over at the show notes for this episode is LegalZoom. And you may not even use LegalZoom. Um, That's LegalZoom.com. You've probably heard of it before. If you're just building a website and you're doing it for fun, you don't need this. Uh, if you're, you may not even need it if you want to start a business. Um, the $149 that I have on the spreadsheet over there is the cheapest option that they have for filing of LLC state documents. Now, you may even decide to file your own documents if that's what you want in order to basically um, start your business, get an LLC, get a business tax ID number and all those sorts of legal things that you have to do in order to start a business in your state. There are also state filing fees that are different for each state, so I did not include them here. I just kind of put the extra $149 in there to put an extra $149 in there for legal fees to start a business. There might be other fees as well, um, but you might not also have to pay this fee. So I just kind of put it in there as a, you know, rough estimate of, you know, some of the services that you might pay for for legal services to uh, just basically start your business. And with everything, the grand total for three years worth of all of these services, including AWeber, LegalZoom, and three premium WordPress themes came out to be $1,140. That's only $39.52 a month. And if you do go ahead and form your LLC, hopefully you're making some money off of that business or that website is sending um, customers to your business somehow or something like that. But, you know, if you are a LLC or a a business, hopefully you're making money. If you're not making money, you might not necessarily be considered a business. I guess you could operate at a loss. But for three years, that's $1,140. That's not very high in my general opinion. Um, It might be for you. You know, I don't know. Maybe you only have $1,000 to your name right now. Uh, As it relates to this book and the risk of starting a business, um, the book kind of goes on a little bit to talk about whether or not you're trading with $1,000 or $10,000 and how you have to figure that out for yourself. So for three years worth of starting and operating a website at least, and maybe even a business with everything total that they have in here is $1,140 too much. Uh, I don't think that that's a whole ton of risk to be taking uh, when you're talking about possibly starting a website and a business. 
or you may just want to have a blog. All you need is web hosting and a domain name. You don't need a premium WordPress theme and you don't need and, and you don't send enough emails to use anything other than MailChimp as an email list service. Hosting and domain name alone comes to a grand total of $79.70 annually or $6.64 a month. Uh, I, I'm not even sure, is it possible to get a Starbucks coffee for less than $7 these days? Um, so, you know, what we're talking here is one less Starbucks latte every single month in order for you to be able to pay for you to have um, a hosting account set up and your website set up and uh, you be checking about checking out whether or not people are interested in your business idea. The question is, is that too much risk for you? It might be. If it is, we're talking about probably too much risk for you to set sail cruising and traveling around the world as well. Um, all right, let's give another example. Let's say that your first idea also fails. Uh, maybe you're like me and you figure out that you don't actually love keeping a home aquarium and talking about live rock and live sand all the time. What if you want to start a website about scuba diving instead? Well, you already have the hosting. So depending on your hosting plan, you can use the same hosting account and all you have to pay for is to register a new URL and start a new website. There's no other added services most of the time. So with this three-year plan that I started with in 2012, I have three or four websites under that same hosting plan. And all that I've paid for is $10 to $15 for a new URL registration. So it's really not that much more money to stop and move on to your next idea to start, you know, checking that out making sure that you love that idea making you know seeing what people you meet that are interested in that next idea that you might have so when talking about financial risk to start a website and set up a business is anywhere from seven dollars to twelve dollars a month for a url hosting and a premium wordpress theme too much is 136 dollars and 44 cents for the year too much I mean, with everything included, is $1,140 for three years too much? And those are the questions that you have to ask yourself. And in my general opinion, that doesn't seem like a lot of money to go ahead and risk for three years. Yes, there will be other costs to consider. You will work your butt off. There are no overnight successes. Your ideas might end up being a total bust. You may put a ton of hard work into something that never works out. But you'll never know unless you try. So that was the third thing that I talked about. Let's go on to the fourth thing. And so fourth, as I listened to more of Live on the Margin the next day, I realized that the strategies Pat and Nick talk about may not be meant to support them for the rest of their lives. Here's another quote from the book. 
quote, when it comes down to figuring out your own financial goals and laying out your portfolio, you need to take the view from 30,000 feet and know yourself and where your insecurities lie. The strategies we talk about in this book are about trading to create enough income so that you can live off of the money that you do have or to extend your burn to continue your adventures for a while longer. We are not trying to build wealth. We are trying to live on the margin. End quote. Pat and Nick have other investments of their own. They make money in other ways, like writing books, and they'll figure out other financial endeavors for themselves along the way. They use the trading methods that they talk about to, quote-unquote, extend their burn and continue their mini-retirements for a little while longer. When I talk about finding a niche, building a website, and starting a business, I'm talking about something that hopefully you can build wealth with. That is, if it lasts more than three years. Hopefully, if you get past the three-year mark and this business keeps going, you might be able to ride this into retirement. So it's kind of, you know, what I'm sort of promoting here is becoming an entrepreneur. Is there a entrepreneur? It is. But what is the risk in being that entrepreneur and seeing if anybody is interested in your idea? You know, they say that the problem in and of itself is that good idea, the great idea part. Well, so set up a website and see if it really is a great idea. What do you have to lose other than a couple bucks a month as you set up that website and have fun doing it and actually kind of learn how to do that part of it too? And finally, Live on the Margin is an amazing book. I'm only about 40% of the way through the book, and it is already connected with me. I started filling out uh, a budgeting spreadsheet four days ago. Two days later, I start Live on the Margin, and there are some fantastic tips about putting that spreadsheet together. The first few sections about the new American dream, the slacker, and designing a perfect life have helped reinforce my outlook about simplifying our lives and getting on a boat. Every interview I do for the podcast helps inspire me as well. I love the cruising community. All of the feedback that I get just makes me want to talk to all of you, buy a boat, get out cruising, and share some sundowners on the beach. I'm actually going to try to use some of the trading techniques that are outlined in Live on the Margin. If they work, and I'm able to find my sale loot being a slacker, then you will be the first to know. So I'm getting great ideas with the sale loot webpage about how I can possibly make my sale loot. Uh, There are so many people out there doing it. Just about everybody that I've talked to, by the way, they have a website to promote what they're doing or to promote their business or to promote how they're making their sailing money. Whether it's just their own sailing blog or something else, they pretty much have a website that they do it with. Uh, You'll probably notice that in almost every single episode, I promote a website or a place to go or how to get in touch with these people. But that's what Sail Loot has done for me so far. It has broadened my horizons. It has led me to this book. It has led me to live on the margin. And hopefully live on the margin is one of the ways that I'm able to find my sale loot. 
so I hope everybody else is able to find their sail loot too. And all of these things inspire you to get out there on the water and start your cruising lifestyle. So I'm going to stop uh, this episode here. I believe that I will have another interview released uh, for the next podcast, and then I may talk about the myth of the overnight success, because I also don't think that there is any such thing as an overnight success. As always, thank you so much for listening, reading, chatting on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, the Sail Loot audience is amazing, and hopefully it is growing. If you like Sail Loot, well, go ahead and like Sail Loot on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can find the transcript of this episode and all of the links mentioned here over at sailloot.com forward slash episode 005. If you want some inside tips about getting your website up and finding your sail loot, then head on over to any of the sail loot pages and sign up for the sail loot email rally with other like-minded cruisers. You can also head over to our contact page and send us an email. Maybe give us some, some suggestions about what you want to hear. If this wasn't what you want to hear, hey, that's all right. Tell us. If it is kind of what you want to hear, then let us know that as well. Thanks again for listening. I hope that all of you can find your salute to live a life rich in experiences. I hope to meet all of you out on the water, fair winds, and following seas. Thank you.